0: Welcome to episode 197. We're fast approaching episode 200, by the way, Loki. How are we feeling today? Uh, We're recording almost literally as the final whistle just got blown uh, at Goodison Park. Um, Obviously not the greatest end to 93 minutes of football, but uh, 92 minutes of just absolute sublime beauty. So how are we feeling? New year, new us.
1: Uh, if that's going to be twenty twenty three, Brighton football, I'll take that. Um, I I mean, there were, what minute were the Olays starting? Seventy five, something like that. Away from home, it looked like a horrible evening at Goodison, like weather wise, and um, especially given that start, the first few minutes of that game it was like, bloody hell. We haven't we haven't got off the bus. Uh, getting absolutely battered, and you you thought to yourself, Oh, god, are we gonna get away with this one? And then we got the you know, just stro- stroking the ball around, and doing back heel passes in the 75th minute. Yeah,
2: it's very, very hard to uh, not be happy after that, isn't it? It was uh, yeah, it was, it was something. Well, I'm we'll get into it, but it was something.
0: Yeah, best club in the world, Alex says in the chat, hard to argue, uh, hard to argue. <laughs> um, Let's talk uh, lineup uh first of all, because there are a couple of changes today. Um, Caicedo back into the side, as you would expect. Uh, Veltman into the side uh, at the expense of lampty Obviously, Gilmore is the one who took the back seat for uh, for Caicedo. Um, we saw Sarmiento come into the side as well. And Devin Ferguson get his first Premier League start uh, at just 18 years old after scoring... At home against Arsenal, uh, away in the pissing rain at Goodison uh, is very much a different prospect. Uh, so bold choices from Deserby uh, in his lineup today. How are you feeling when you saw those? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty now, but how are you feeling when you saw that lineup there? Were you, were you happy, excited, confident, worried? What was the thought process?
1: Well, we just come off the back of talking about the Arsenal game and, and discussing like how. Trossard's not really been at the races, and uh, is it the right decision? But Ferguson's probably not ready. Uh, I think I said that. Turns out I'm an idiot. Um, but you looked at that lineup and you, you could both like saw me into and Ferguson away from home in a game that you felt like we really want to walk away from this in a good place. Uh, was just an absolutely, I don't know. Now, after the fact, you look at it and go what an absolute legend De is. But before the game, when you sent over the message saying Ferguson starts and then Sarmiento was in the team, I thought, what's happened here? Why has he done that?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, hindsight's amazing, isn't it? But, you know, you, you make a number of changes in a game that actually we wanted to bounce back from. <laughs> and you've got, I don't even know what the average age of our team is nowadays, but it, it probably dropped significantly after those changes. Um, but, I mean... Ferguson made an impact and he I guess you have to give him the benefit of the doubt from last time. But a few changes, especially with Trossard out as well. You you, you think, Okay, what is what, what are we doing here? Um and yeah, pleasantly surprised, I think.
0: Yeah, I've been desperate to see him in the same role Sarmiento was in today. So I was like bummed that he yeah. wasn't playing behind him. Uh, and then it didn't matter, did it? <laughs> um, Justin in the chat, what a night the Everton chairman will be screaming teams like Brighton as he sacks Lampard <laughs> later this evening. Uh, yeah, that may well be the final nail in the coffin. I feel like we've had about eight he's, nails in the he's coffin gone. already for Lampard. But this surely must be the last one. Like, surely. Uh, did we it? it was bad.
1: But he doesn't even seem disliked necessarily by the Everton fans because they, they, they want the board gone more than him. I think part of you know, what he was able to do at the end of last season. But um, I've, the fact that we're even getting on to like, semi-feeling bad for Everton fans is a testament to like how battered they just got. Because like, the fact is they're 4-0 down. And this is how easy like the sliding doors moments can happen, right? They're 4-0 down. They bring on Neil Mopé. And we're there bringing a world cup winner on four no up away from home. And you just think, God, that could have been, that could have been, it's, it's like seeing, it's like we saw an ex-girlfriend out and it's like, she's out with just some absolute rotter and you're in a good place. And like, well, I'll tell you what, this has worked out nicely for me.
0: That's some what lab, it felt like. Some, some lad with a teardrop tattoo <laughs> and three fingers. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's absolutely mental, isn't it? Um, First seven minutes, though, uh, were quite worrying, weren't they? Um, After that, I don't think there's a single bad word to be said until stoppage time of the second half. Uh, But that first seven minutes, I think we all thought, oh boy, this could be a long night uh, because Everton looked well up for it. Pressing very high, very effectively, taking the ball off us at every opportunity. It wasn't just one Brighton player. Every single one of them looked just shell-shocked at the speed Everton came out. Uh, and thankfully, Everton weren't able to convert either of their two shots in that time. Um, and I think from the moment we won the ball back in, a, in their half, after about seven minutes, 30 seconds, the game never came back into Everton's favour. Uh, we then just continued to dominate the ball. Uh, and it felt like it was a matter of time before we converted a chance somewhere or another. Uh, but that first seven minutes was a little bit scary, wasn't it? It felt like we were in for a long night. Well, I just
2: consistently slow starts, isn't it? I think we yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna sound like a broken record because we've we've spoken about it a couple of times, but just a little bit slow, um, out of the blocks. So uh yeah, I the first five minutes or so I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a long game. We're in for a bit of a slog here and we're gonna have to pull something out. Um but after that, the the game just sort of turned on its head. It was very strange like once once we we beat the press once it it was like you we've got that key now and we can do it at will it was it was very strange for them to give up as quickly
0: as they did
1: yeah it was um it almost felt like what i imagine and o- other teams experience when they're playing us when we've got that crazy high press going and uh you know you can get the ball moving around you kind of feel like well it's only a matter of time here we keep doing this for a little bit and we're going to score. Um, but this time, though, we just, we just dealt with it. Like, they had opportunities, and we managed to get away with them. I think the difference this time is that we just felt like we didn't have in the past, is when you do get those opportunities to break out of the press and, and, and kind of uh, get to the sort of final third, is we'd end up having someone last year or the years prior, just we wouldn't take a chance. And we've got difference makers in the team now. Uh, and they take their chances and they can go around people and they can
0: finish and that's the big change. Yeah it really is isn't it we've been begging for a player to look comfortable driving forward and now we've got about eight of them. (laughs) Um, The average starting age of that 11 today Craig you said how young it was away at Goodison Park uh, for a team fighting for their life essentially as well 24 years old Um, that's quite a call isn't it and Dunk Veltman and Gross skew that massively. If you take those out, yeah, uh, so. and you play, you play a Lampy Webster in, you know, and a Gilmore, or, or rather Alexis. Just stick Alexis in there in that original eleven, mm. right? Instead of Gross, and you're into the 23s. <laughs> um, so this is a very young team. Uh, we all know that, um, and I mean, there's no no one younger than Evan Ferguson. Uh, and how comfortable did he look? He looked like a 28 year old peak target man striker in the Premier League, didn't he, today? I know we'll get onto the players in specific uh, after we go through the goals, but wow, uh, just from the first second he, he turned up, I mean, he looked comfortable against Arsenal of all teams, uh, but today, magnificent, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's built like a 28-year-old. I mean <laughs> you, you, just the, the size of him alone and being able to put himself about. I uh, wish I was built like that when I was 12 yeah. yeah, I yeah. Was just <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he, he looks the part, doesn't he? Um, you know, it he puts himself about, he was full of running, like it's something that you want. And then, you know, <laughs> The yellow card at the the end of the first half. I know we're going to go through it, but I, I liked it at the end of the first half because he's putting himself about a little bit and he's getting stuck in. Um, against Connor Cody, Tarkovsky and stuff, you're, you're in for a, a tough night regardless of who you, who it is. So I thought he did amazing today. And yeah, what was that? Two and two at 18 years old. That's It's very, very good start. Not just that, but he hit the post, hit the bar
1: in the first mm. half, right? He assisted Solly's goal.
2: Close to Uh, to their top bins for 2-0 as well. It wasn't. He also had some ridiculous touches as well before he went
1: off where he links up the play. A bit cliche to say it, but for a big man, he's got a decent touch on him and he he looks comfortable, right? He looks comfortable. It doesn't look like, uh, not just from a stature standpoint, but from an actual, like, how well he fits in with the flow of a game. It didn't ever feel like, oh, the ball's going to go to Evan Ferguson. It's going to clunk off his knee or like, oh, he's never going to be able to open up the space he's tidy he's a tidy footballer um you can't be excited but especially with the goal uh with just the fact that we actually had a forward in a position where you get on the edge of a rebound or a cross coming into the box and that felt alien to me after <laughs> how many months and months and months and months of the ball coming in and you're like hold on where's Trossard's over there, March is over there. We had a guy there and he put it in the he put it in the back of the
0: net. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it already. Um after 1.3 games of Evan Perks in the Premier League. Uh, I feel like Glenn Murray somewhere is watching this game thinking old oh, to be 18 again. Uh because he just had all of the same characteristics as Glenn did back when he was first on loan with us. I feel like he was from wherever he was at the time. The like I think he's a bit quicker than Glenn even now, (laughs) but um, like the, just to touch the comfortable, like the way of holding up the ball and, and even that halftime booking, Craig, like that was Pete Glen Murray, wasn't it? Like that's exactly the sort of thing you'd expect him to do. Um, Just, uh, yeah, I think we're going to talk a lot about uh, young Mr. Ferguson in the next hour or whatever. I'm already getting
1: roasted in the YouTube (laughs) chat by Alex. Yeah. So let's
0: get to that. Um, Ian in the chat, uh, let's just keep hold of all our current players. A signing or two will be good. Let's see how far we can take it with this squad. Uh, we'll talk about the transfers, I'm sure, uh, because who knows what Tony Bloom was thinking tonight with that lineup, and who knows what he's thinking post-full-time. <laughs> uh, it's it's an interesting one, I'm sure. Um, Mikey in the chat said he's going to pretend that game finished 4-0. Uh, it, honestly, I know it was disappointing at the end there, but it kind of feels like it did anyway for me. I'm not that bothered. Um, it is what it is. I'm not that fussed that it's 4 Uh Alex, so here it is. Uh, Adam, just three days ago, uh, you were saying that you would like uh, Evan Ferguson to head out on loan uh, in January. Uh, it's now January the 3rd. Um Ev- <laughs> 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 just back to Goodison. Uh, how are you feeling about that, that thought now?
1: Yeah, I didn't specify where. I meant Real Madrid on loan. Um <laughs> get some experience elsewhere on the continent uh yeah and I've already semi called myself an idiot right at the start of the pod but but um look this is a very small sample size he looks very 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 good from what we've seen um are we going to be able to give him the game to like is it better for him to play 90 minutes every week in the championship for example uh and 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 get better that way or is it are we going to spell him like we are now and bring him in when needed? Because I I certainly did not expect him to start this game. I don't know if many Brighton fans would have expected his name to be on the team sheet for the start and away game in a difficult situation. Um, I think when Danny Welbeck's back, he's, he's back on the team sheet. So then how much game time do you give him? Do you give him 20 minutes, 30 minutes a game dependent when Welbeck goes back down? I don't know. All I'm going to say is he's a joy to watch based on what we've seen so far um, I still think if we can bring in a quote unquote other body a proven striker, if that's even possible, um, I still think it's good to get him out and get him more experience that we won't be able to give him. But look, if he proves himself good enough over the course of the next few games before the end of January, I mean, doesn't matter what age he is,
2: play him. Yeah, I think I was I was in agreement with you last pod as well, was that, you know, if if everyone is fit, then you you do for the sake of the person and the sake of his own development. He needs to have regular game time. Um, if he's going to score a goal a game in the Premier League, then he's getting sustained game time and his development still works. So, you know, there's a nice little loophole there for you. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was of the same ilk anyway, was he needs to be playing consistently. And if he can do it in the Premier League, then fair play. Um, but I I still think that if everyone is fit, that the Welbeck is that's, is that person in in the starting 11 still. Um, but who knows? The, these games are going to come thick and fast. Uh, it doesn't look like Welbeck is anywhere close um, or sort of anything at that ilk. Um, so maybe Ferguson just starts from here on out and see what he can do.
0: Yeah, we've been talking about, all all three of us really, we're talking about Evan going on loan in one format or another. I was hoping we'd make a big sign in, in order to facilitate that. Uh, all four goal scorers today cost a combined £5.6 million. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that aged well. Um, first goal, uh, they had seven minutes of dominance. We returned with seven minutes of dominance and we scored our goal. Uh, Caicedo, immediate impact back into the team, wasn't it? What a pass from him. Uh, and what a first touch from Mitoma to just leave. Uh, I think it was Patterson for dead. Uh, and then what a comfortable finish. 1-0 and Goodison were very quiet <laughs> from then on until they just got angry at their own team.
1: Kaysado was unbelievable today. And um, I'm not going to steal Craves Thunder, who was the first to kind of just bring up while watching the game, just how incredible he is. Uh, not for X, Y or Z reason, but just because he's, he's just a good footballer. And, uh, and, but Matoma I mean as you say that first touch he cuts inside so one guy's left for dead goes around another one and Dukes on the right and then smashes the ball home in the far corner beats Pickford and another guy so he basically essentially beaten three people and the, the goalie um he's just he should have had two, he should have had a brace against Arsenal so you're looking at a guy that really uh, despite the, the back of his studs, uh, moving in the opposite direction of the goal on against Arsenal should have three goals in two games um, he is just we didn't have that player realistically unless Trossard was on his day and we were playing on the wing and it was one of those Trossard games we didn't have a guy that just can cut inside beat a couple of men and put the ball comfortably in the back of the net on a regular basis um,
2: he's he's so so good he's it, so fun to watch and just all the time um so direct so clinical i think we we said last time as well is that you can sort of rest assured i mean you had a stray header so that kind of defeats the whole point that i'm making but you know when when he does cut in and when he does get past his man there's a very high chance that that is at minimum on target and and that again is something that we've also struggled with in past years is just hit the target i think that's you know we we said when Wepu was unfortunately had to retire in bits and pieces. It was, at least he hits the target. At least he makes the goalkeeper work. Um, and it's those sort of things. And that, that'll come with Ferguson as well. But just consistently getting past his man, consistently hitting the target, and you can see what he brings. And he's now so dangerous. You even see it in the first half where he's, he's getting double teamed from the first minute. And it just opens up the rest of the defense and the rest of the team where you can just unlock them in other ways. Uh, it's uh, what a joy to watch.
0: Yeah. Um, Liam in the chat says, bye-bye, Trossard. And I think it's a good thing to bring up before we get too deep into the rest of it because it escalates very quickly from here after we cover the first goal. Um, The the idea of Trossard, I've heard, I guess they would probably consider themselves Brighton influencers uh, online, dropping the big kind of like sensationalist idea that Trossard was dropped, in all caps. Um, played two full games, started both games on the 26th and the 31st. Uh, is this not a possibility that he was simply rested for this one? Um, he was our lone striker for both. We've noted that he was top of, uh, basically, the. I think you said the five, five top European leagues. He was in that top group of people who pressured from the very top, runs his socks off, even if he's not had a great game. Um, he obviously works incredibly hard up there. Is it not possible this was simply a tactical maneuver to rest him and try and bring on a, a young kid that has obviously just had a fire uh, last ten minutes against Arsenal? And just think, I'm, I'm Roberto De Zerbi. I'm going to trust my player to do what he can do up there and, and see what we can see what we can create with a player like that. Is that not something that personally that's probably my my point of view more so than the sensationalist of he's been dropped. Uh, I don't I think he was dropped. I think it was probably a tactical rest for me.
1: I'll I'll be more sensationalist. Sorry to cut you off, Craig. If he's good enough and he's playing well enough, you don't drop him. You don't rest him. Uh, rest him for the FA Cup game. Um, I he's just not been good enough, uh, and um, yeah, like we said last episode, nothing for Belgium, and just hasn't been showing even just the right level of performance. It's not like you've been seeing stuff out of Trosso. We're like, oh, at least he's giving it a go. He just doesn't look like he's fully up to the pace and maybe he's got half a, half his mind is out the door already. We, we don't know. Um, But yeah, if he's playing well enough, I think he starts because he is, let's face it, over the course of probably the last three years, arguably the best player at the club uh, on, a, on a longer-term basis and um, he just ain't it right now.
2: Yeah, agree. I think you'd, you'd be more aggrieved if you're Billy Gilmore and get dropped. I mean, if, if you're going to use the same, if you're going to use the same sensationalism that you want to use, you say that Lallana's been dropped and Gilmore's been dropped um, and Tarek Lamptey has been dropped, even though they all had relatively good games against Arsenal. And um, Trostad is the one there that I thought you know could be substituted out and, and rotated around um, just because he hasn't shown too much in the last two games. Uh, so. Yeah, if you if you apply the same <laughs> the same method to to the other four that also got rotated out today, um, I'm sure he'll be the one that's least aggrieved.
0: Yeah, a uh, couple of people in the chat talking about Trossard after Liam started this conversation. You've got people talking. Liam's a good choice of uh, of topic here. Um, Tartan Hero thinks that Trossard needs to be uh, replaced before we sell him. Um, agree. Yeah, how instrumental he is at his uh In regards to how instrumental. Top scorer still, by the way, by a distance. So, yes, very important. Uh, Wandering Seagull said, basically said what I said near the start of the show. Uh, Imagine Trossard playing where Sarmiento played today with Ferguson up front. uh, Way too early to write him off now. Um, That's something I really want to see. If Ferguson can keep this, you know, if this isn't just a fluke, uh, like the Connolly situation was, um, but it doesn't have that air about it at all, does it? Um, not sure how you drop Ferguson after this. At least let him play one half until he's exhausted. Um, yeah, I mean he's got a full week break now, hasn't he? For the FA Cup, uh, I feel like if you're going to drop him at the FA Cup, it's because you're planning on starting him going forward in most Premier League games. Uh, he's now your number one choice. Um,
1: well, the games in four days, isn't it? I think. We, so yeah, yeah. yeah ain't got We ain't got that it's long, today, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe Leandro's back in.
0: Yeah, it could be. I don't know what day it is. I don't know where I am. I'm still not past this (laughs) Crimbo Limbo situation. Like, uh, yeah. Justin, Alvideszain to Undav also. I think that's probably the safest bet of the the winter transfer window there. Justin, um, yes, I think one way or another he will be gone. Uh, Sorry, a couple of rumours that Turkish clubs are interested in him, no? Sounds like a classic Turkish league transfer, doesn't he?
1: You know what's weird is imagine thinking of all the hype that, and we were fairly big on the Indev hype machine. Um, we Let's let that fall away to the annals of history. Um, but imagine thinking now to this point back then, where we'd be talking about we should probably be loaning Indev out and starting Evan Ferguson. What a weird, <laughs> what a weird turn of events where we were hyping up Dennis Indev to hopefully be our, our lord and savior. And instead, we're like, let's sack him off to Besiktas,
2: and we'll um we'll start having Ferguson up front. Tremendous. It's a whirlwind of a six months, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been so. a... Just when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we sat here at the beginning of the season or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, like, and Dav's, you know, he's going to work great under Graham Potter. And now, now look at what we're talking about. Um, Yeah, I mean... I- I don't I didn't see anything about his personal reasons. He was obviously left out of Arsenal for personal reasons. I don't know if that's still the case or not and I think you yeah, know speculation can always be had but yeah I mean it it looks like he's on his way out um but hopefully if he is on his way out then he, he does good things and finds that form that he found in Belgium.
0: Yeah. Um all right, let's talk the actual game. We got totally derailed there. Uh, <laughs> I love it but we, we want to get back to this one. So, first off, the first half of this game against Everton was very open. Uh, they actually won the possession battle, which is rare under Derby so far. Um, plenty of shots on each side of the field. Uh, quite an open game of football. It looked like we were always the more likely to, to convert. Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin was an absolute nightmare for us, though. He gave us problems all the way through until he kind of turned it on in that second half. Um, it felt very much like one of those games that uh, Gus Poyet and Oscar Garcia used to say they despised in that first half because of how open it was, which means which means we ergo have no control. Uh, and Deserby is very much the same way. I think all of them, really, barring Hutton have been that way, right? Like they they crave control of a football match. Um, and that first half had all the annals of, a, of just a totally open open mess of a game. Um, but let's touch on that. That final, that final moment, because it was really just back and forth football. Uh, that final moment, Evan Ferguson uh, fa- fouling uh Gay. I think it was. Um, I know we touched on it already, saying it was it was something we we like to see, but uh, the at, at 18 years old, um the shithousery to just do it and not care. Um and all really just to back his teammate in Matoma right, is is something you really, really do love to see. Um, and something that I wanna I don't wanna say emotion like emotional maturity because he did get himself booked on purpose, but it does require a level of that to not go in and hack someone, for example, like out of frustration. The foul was very deliberate and very mature in the way he just bodied the lad off the ball on purpose. Um, I thought it was good. I loved it. I'd I'd be happy to see that every week if necessary.
1: We we need a, a bastard back in Brighton. We've been missing one and this he can be the guy. We need the guy that's going to come in and be like the, the a bit of a mini villain that's going to come in and just leave a foot in when something like that happens. And that's just, I, I like to have a little bit of that. We'll regret saying this when he gets red carded for studying someone at some point. But I think if he was still on the pitch when Mac got brought down by Decora, who was clearly just furious at the end of the game, and just like scythed him down, I think he would have come roaring up and probably battered
2: into Decorah as well. Do you imagine being a house at 18 years old as well? You know how annoying that is for, for any opposition team whatsoever. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it just shows you like there's a, there's a camaraderie there, even if you're on the bench and bits and pieces, I like it was the right thing to do regardless of the player. You stop the play with a, with, you know, your teammate down at, two minutes to go until the half like it, it's the right choice to make and and he did it for the team like again I think we said at the top I I like the decision I like the tenacity of it um so fair play to him and you know then he comes out in the second half and does what he does as well
0: yeah half time comes around you're expecting uh, a bit of a response from Everton uh because you know Goodison Goodison was hoping for something there uh, and it was prime Deserby ball, wasn't it? Uh, Twelve shots, seven on target, fifty-five percent possession, eighty-eight percent pass accuracy. Uh, we were back in full flow for almost a full forty-five minutes. Um, it's if you want a game of football to go in in a specific way for Deserby, this was it, wasn't it? Uh, within about six minutes of the restart. Uh, we we started scoring and we and we didn't look like stopping then for the next what I think it was six minutes we scored three goals in five uh, minutes, five seconds, I believe. And the first one was was Evan Ferguson doing exactly what you noted Adam uh, Fox in the box someone with this for a while. Um, and the run from Sarmiento was excellent. Uh, to create that ball coming into the box. Um, and there he was, just cool, calm, and collected uh, and slotted it into the roof of the net. And it wasn't one of those ones where you thought, oh, he could have skied that. It looked pretty intentional to just pop it up there, didn't it? Just looked like he'd been doing this for years.
1: Uh, this was an unbelievable goal. And Ferguson's going to get the plaudits, rightfully so but please go and watch this goal back. I've just watched it about three times on repeat while I've been talking because the ball starts at Robert Sanchez's feet uh, and it goes between Coldwell, Dunk plays it out to Veltman. The ball goes up, es- uh, uh, Caicedo gets the ball. Nearly everyone touches the ball before Estupinian puts in this incredible like through ball to, to um, Sarmiento and then we get it into the box. There's a reason that like Zerbe was hugging on the sideline because it felt like the goal he wants to score. And I think I've said something like that before, but it was just a perfect, we start at the back, try and lure that Everton press in, beat the press, get the ball out quickly, 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 direct goal. Um, Just stunning.
2: Yeah, team goal, isn't it? I think I can't put it any better than that. It's, It's the goal. Like you said, that the Zerbi wants the score, he doesn't get a little bit better than that, and just yeah, it, two and two as well. I think it's just right place, right time. He has that instinct, doesn't he? I think we can we can wax lyrical about Evan Ferguson for the rest of the pod if we'd like to, and but you know, as long as he keeps it going, then then fantastic. But yeah, he, he has that presence, doesn't he? Uh, it's just, and such a good finish, like you said, Josh.
0: Yeah, outrageous, really. Um, and within about two and a half minutes, uh, he showed that he's not just a clinical finisher, uh, but he is a adept build-up play specialist as well. He can do just about everything you want him to. Um, well, yeah, I feel like Everton had barely had time to to register the fact that they were 2-0 two, two down uh, before Solly March uh, is supplied by Evan Ferguson, uh, before promptly putting James Tarkovsky on his face, uh, which was an absolute joy to watch after seeing him mouth off uh, all that time. It was just beautiful. Um, and Solly March of all people, uh, as you would absolutely expect uh, after the first half of this season, uh, takes one touch, puts Tarkovsky on his face with the touch, and then coolly slots into the bottom corner as if he's just been scoring goals for fun his whole life. It's just, it's
2: strange, isn't it? We're conf- he's such a confidence player, isn't he? And, and- you know, bangs one top bins and it's such a good finish. I think, yeah, from our perspective, it's fantastic. I think just you have to also account for the complete capitulation of Everton where it was such a easy, I say easy. Yeah. put Tarkovsky on his, on his nose, but it's just the positioning and, and just the, the counterplay that we have is so good, but Everton were at sixes and sevens and it just, it led to these quick fire goals where they just, couldn't get a handle and we were just too much.
1: I think it came from like a really innocuous place on, on the pitch and a ball went up and I think Sam, yeah, Sarmiento chests it down and, and more credit for Ferguson, by the way, because he makes the goal, not just from, from the pass onwards, he makes this wonderful run cutting back down to the bottom of the box and he draws a defender away, which gives March the space he needs to cut inside and then embarrass the rest of the Everton defence. Um, like, that's wisdom beyond just years to be able to create that space and that movement. Um, and just, yeah, as we've been saying for a long time, Solly March clinical finisher always takes every chance it's given. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's in, he's in such a great, we are so privileged at the moment to be watching uh, a, a lot of the players that we have, but let's specifically talk about the flanks between Matoma on one side and March on the other, based on the form Solly's come into and the confidence that he has. Craig, as you said, right, pick your poison, whoever we're
0: playing against, because that's that's nice to have. And we, we said this, we don't want to be too uh, gloaty here, um, but when we did our deep dive into the Zerbi, we did tell you so. We told you that this would be the rise of the wingers under De Zerbe, uh, and how much he values that role. Um, and the fact that we really didn't have many uh, that could do it, and we, we spoke at the time, really, it was really just Matoma Trossard and March that we had in mind. Uh, and all three of them have been, have been excellent. I know Trossard's been a little bit quiet, but he still is our top scorer. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you're seeing it now in full effect. This is, this is what Deservey values on the wing. Um, and I will say though, Craig, uh, Everton were at sixes and sevens until that th- after that until that third goal. But they poured on the pressure uh, after the third. They came full flank. They had 100 percent possession for the for the two minutes after the the goal. Uh, they dominated the ball. They were flying as many people forward, uh, which led to the most obvious option in the world. Right, you cannot leave Pascal Gross alone. Uh, to counter-attack you. The most legal... Pace merchant. Yeah, like, it's, you know, you, you talk about them in the same sentence. You can't leave players like Mbappe and Gross alone on the break uh, <laughs> because you're just not going to catch Pascal Gross when he's left alone like that, are you? He, I mean, he he just left them for dust.
1: I don't think Gross <laughs> would catch Mbappe if he's on a moped. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, I don't know, I don't know what I think it was a dresser right? That did this, probably still seething after being battered by Evan Ferguson. But um, I the, just the audaciousness of the finish, as well. Uh, the fact that he was able to sprint away and then just dink it over Pickford is just obnoxious in a perfect, perfect way. And I, I really feel like he's probably the only player in the team that does that finish. Everyone else just tries to slide down the side and he just goes, no, screw this. Let's embarrass him a little bit. Um, just, uh, yeah, uh, there's too many uh, superlatives to say about this game right up until the last two minutes of it. And uh, the finishings, one, and this is, this is the difference, and I, I don't want to derail because I know you all want to talk about the goal here, Craig, but I still am adjusting personally to... A free-scoring team because we just aren't used to it, and I, I feel like we've been so conditioned after the years of Potter, where obviously everything was incredible and right up until the end, where you don't have this kind of stuff. These results don't really become the norm, and I'm looking back over our results over the last few months since Deserby's come in and be able to actually like put his stamp into the, into this team. We're a free-scoring football team. Like it's weird. We just should have put three past Arsenal. We scored four against Everton. Three past Southampton. When's the last time we scored that amount of goals in a, in a three game span? Like it's
0: this was the first time we've ever scored four away from home in the top flight in our history. So
1: it felt like it as well. It feels
2: like it. But
1: what what a great new new normalities to come back to.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, what is that's thirty-two goals in seventeen games now? That's not something that we're used to in in any way or any stretch. Um, it does. Uh, I think you're right. I, I was sitting there at four nil, and my heart is going like, "This is not normal. This doesn't happen." Um, and you're right. We're not preconditioned for it whatsoever. Um, it, it's it's just fucking it's fun though, isn't it? Like it, just <laughs> even if you're, you know, and we'll, we'll take it back to, to the Arsenal game, you're four one down and you're like, yeah, but we can score pretty much any time. Um, it just depends. Uh, so it, it's different. Um, the wingers are so important. Like Josh was saying as well, is that it, they are so direct and they, a lot of the creation comes from those wings and just seeing a completely different team now. Um, and then, then you know, we try and see out those games or just score one more than the other team. But uh, luckily it went, it went to the former this time.
0: Deserby has just said uh, in his post-match that he was not happy with the first half. He didn't, he wasn't happy with the defensive play nor the way that we didn't control, uh, which says everything you need to what say. We, we knew this was coming. Um, we knew that's how he was going to feel 10 minutes ago when we said it. Um, it's just, we know, we know enough already about him. And, um, uh, teams in the Premier League that have scored more than Brighton and Albion: uh, Tottenham, Hotspur, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Manchester City.
1: And to- and Spurs is one, one goal
0: more. Yeah, that is uh, that is there. and and Liverpool are only two more. Yeah, I mean, really, the only Arsenal and Man City, are the only two that are really a distance away from from everybody, not just us. They're they're flying um, as you as you can. You know, tell from the way we've been playing against them when we when we've had to come up against them. But uh, from then on, after that fourth goal, uh, Everton. I mean, I think Craig summarised the word pretty well. Capitulated entirely. Uh, they were pretty much done. Um, and five minutes after scoring the fourth goal, uh, and the heads going down entirely. <laughs> what a statement! Sorry, um, go on. We are 4 we are nil up away from home for the first time in our top flight history. Uh, 18-year-old Evan Ferguson has just scored uh, six minutes ago. Pascal Gross has just done you for pace. Uh, James Tarkovsky is still on his face, uh, and we bring on a World Cup winner to solidify the midfield and give Sarmiento <laughs> a bit of a break. Uh, I think you said it pretty well there, Adam. What a statement that is to make.
1: Yeah. And if you've been, unfortunately, cryogenically frozen for the last couple of years and you've woken up to hear and you happen to listen to this podcast and you just heard what Josh Josh said, uh, it doesn't sound particularly believable with any stretch of the imagination, really, does it? it, When you combine it all to that, combine everything, by the way, combine the goals scored, combine the fact that people are talking about Eddie Howe, Manager of the Year, well, they've played one more game than us and scored the same amount of goals and... You're only really, you know, Arsenal scored handful more goals than you and they're having their historic potential league winning season. But this is just a, an amazing, amazing time. And then, yeah, your world cup winner comes on. And by the way, uh, the world cup looks good on Alexis McAllister because that he was strutting around. Now it's a pretty nice spot to come on when you're falling up away from home and you, you've got world cup winners medal in your bag. Uh, and you've been playing with Lionel Messi for a few games prior to this, but he looks. He now looks like a proper Rolls Royce, doesn't he? Just strolling around the pitch, doesn't really lose the ball, sees the pass before the his marker does.
0: Yeah, we've all we've all seen the welcome he got yesterday when he came back in. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, if someone comes in with a seventy-five million pound bid and offers him quadruple the wages, he's going to go. We know this, uh, but. What a welcome back, Craig. But like, it's not a it's not a club he's gonna leave uh joyfully, is it? Yeah, I, I
2: mean it's it's obviously it's nice, you know, like it's such a massive welcome back and you know, making the effort, it it just the it just feels like a team, doesn't it? Like it just I think they, they mention it a couple of times on commentary in bits and pieces, but this these players fight for each other and they celebrate together. So um it's obviously a good thing to see for us fans as well, that you know they're able to to relish in other people's achievements and, and be able to celebrate that. Uh, these guys are together, what, day in, day out. So, of course, they're ecstatic for him. And uh, it was a really nice touch. And coming to the game, it's nice to put him on for 25 minutes with just no, like, no real responsibility at all, apart from just keep the ball and do what you do best. And we know what he's capable of. Everyone else saw it in Qatar. Um, it's just now up to him. Now he's got this aura around him that he, he continues on the the high level that he is.
1: Yeah, uh, there's nothing more to say about how good he is and, and where he fits in the, in the club. Like we know, we know the situation. I think we've talked about it. The money, if the money's right, it's going to be a hell of a shame to lose him. But uh, yeah, what a different player he looks at. You know, a year on, what a different player he is. Literally a world beater.
0: Uh, silly challenge from Sanchez at the end to concede the penalty, but also not great from Estopinia either, was it? Felt like just a bit of a total like lapse of concentration from everybody who was more concerned with in each other than they were <laughs> to actually play the ball and it will be at the end. Don't want to spend too much time on it. Um I'd rather, you know, you can you can summarize how you felt about that uh when I when I stopped talking, obviously. But uh I do want to also just note. Just quietly, uh, Andrew Moran, 19-year-old uh, Irish central attacking midfielder, came on today as well uh, and got 12, 13 minutes of football uh, and did not look out of place either. Very exciting youngster. Um, when I had, probably about a year and a half ago, I had um, the lad who does the, uh, the fan of Albion youth account on Twitter and Northstand chat, he's like obsessed with the the real young kids coming through and points out these these stars. And the one he talked about much more so than Evan Ferguson or any of the others was Moran. Um And I think it's important to note that he just was quietly shuttled into the pack here uh, and played a very comfortable 13 minutes of football at the top level for the first time in his career as well.
1: And um, what a privilege that you get to bring on a player like this in a competitive Premier League game away from home because you're so far ahead of it being any kind of risk uh, and we get to give this give the game time to these youngsters rather than like bringing Billy Gilmore on and trying to like uh you know squeaky bum time our way to keeping the point that maybe we'd garnered like that that's the benefit here. the Sanchez thing annoyed me purely because start of the game pulled off a really really nice save to his left, got a big old hand on it the ball did not just go out to Calvert-Lewin so he could start at home. He actually pushed it to the side. It was a really, really comfortable save for him. Um, yeah, everyone just switched off for that that ball in. It was a weird ball over the top that Dunk didn't properly deal with. Then Estupinion couldn't properly deal with it. And then Bobby Sanchez just um, led with his knees, uh, which was a little bit of a questionable choice. But I'm going to block it out of my mind, much like the Charlton game. Didn't happen. 4-0 win. Yeah, I...
2: I, I ragged on Sanchez a little bit in the last pod. Um, I thought he was much better today, Um he didn't have much to do in the second half. He didn't, have, but when he was there, he was he was counted on, and I think he made a couple of good grabs from corners, which is probably going to be their most dangerous threat. And pulled off a couple of good saves to measure as well. Was close to the penalty, just a, yeah, a lapse in concentration at the end when you're four 0 up. I think we can we can probably forgive that a little bit.
0: Uh, Twenty two million pounds for Graham Potter and his staff. Uh, nothing for the because he was a free agent. We talked about the un- unfortunate circumstances around that. But, I mean, this seems to have been the best bit of business Brighton have ever done at <laughs> this stage, isn't it? I mean, this, this squad is the same squad that, that Graham Potter has had for three years. And we've already just talked about how many goals we're starting to score. Where has this been this whole time? Uh, Stephen in the in the in the chat with Potter in charge, you normally needed to watch six hundred minutes of football to see four goals. You're seeing you're seeing that play out right now at Stamford Bridge, the place where people drive by and dream of playing. Uh, you're seeing it right now, um, and you know those dreams are quickly turning into a bit of a nightmare, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, nothing. Tom Bowes' chequebook can't solve for probably because um, he will. <laughs> throw money at the problem. I assume he's just writing a blank check at the moment, just says Brian at the top. Um, and he'll just take anything he can get at this point. Uh, yeah, I... Um, what what more can we say about him? The fact is, there's a reason that the fans of De Zerbi's previous clubs that he managed at, the Sassuolo has been, I'm talking the main one, and Shakhtar and to an extent, there's a reason they were excited to see him managing and back in the job. There's a reason that a lot of people's eyes were focused on Sassuolo a few years ago when they were just kind of nothingish side. And suddenly you got all the hipster football fans watching because they were seeing this sort of tactical genius come in and start to play the game in a very, very different way. When we did the initial episode on what's Deserby, what is Deserbia about and what are Brighton fans going to see, we talked about all these things that there's a difference between talking about it and then seeing the reality in the Premier League. And what we're seeing is the fact that this nutcase can do it in the Premier League as well with the same collection of players that weren't weren't this good and he's making them all better. Uh, that's just, I mean, see, just imagine now, imagine Deserve goes away tomorrow and you have to have some weird little side universe. You have to have Graham Potter and Co back. you feel awful about that, wouldn't you? And if he'd have said that a few months back with this situation reversed, you'd have
0: begged for him to
2: stay. <laughs> I mean, what we were devastated, situation. weren't
0: we? Emergency podcasts out the ass yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah. Devastated about the whole thing. Um, And now look at us. Uh, and the reason I brought up Chelsea as much as I wanted to bring up Deservey is because I, I do have a question to pose. Um, And it's probably like one of those, we'll never know, or maybe we will, like those JFK files that get released like 80 years later. Maybe Maybe Bloom will tell us in like 25 years from now in some random fans forum. Uh, the the lab that invested in Chelsea alongside Boley, uh I'm not sure which Middle Eastern country is from. I can't remember. I know it's some kind of conglomerate from that area of the world that joined in. Uh, he has been, I mean, waxing lyrical about the Albion and what they offer uh, from the minute he took over Chelsea, oddly enough, which is when they went in straight in for Potter, right? Uh, Bowley has been saying the same thing. They've been poaching all of our staff. We know this. We're painfully aware. Um Is, is there a genuine possibility that three months ago the 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 not Boley but the Middle Eastern conglomerate that, that took shares in Chelsea actually picked up the phone to Tony Bloom? No idea. I just feel like there's no smoke without fire. The level that they're at of just taking it almost. I know people joke joked, like, you may as well just bought Brighton. But, like, mm-hmm. the longer it goes on, I'm kind of like, did they, did they at least have a conversation? It seems too much, doesn't it? Like, it's just, and, I mean, they said it, like, a week and a half ago. That same guy, I can't remember his goddamn name. I'll Google it when I go on mute. But, like, he was even saying, like, a week and a half ago. Like, he was, like, bumming off us again. Like, just how good Brighton are. It's like you're not you're not our chairman, mate. Like you've took all of our people. We we should be old news to you now. Why are you still like talking about us when your team is in disarray?
1: Well, we'll probably find out when Paul Barber OBE gives like writes his biography, <laughs> like how how I took Brighton to the Premier League title. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't know. We're not gonna know until that situation occurs, but it's, it's probably good to bring it back to like that tweet with, with Mac coming in with the celebrations of the confetti and Lionel Messi liking it and, and commenting on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if you then looked up comments on Twitter and Reddit and, and so on and so forth with people, non-Brighton fans reacting to that scene. People, people look on with very, very, very envious eyes at this club. Uh, and they look at Brighton as the structure and, um, the way in which they want their clubs run. It's all well and good that you can take this money elsewhere and, you know, whether you want to call it dirty money, whether you want to call it or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's great because you can buy yourself your way to the top. But I think if you gave a fan of another club, the actual choice to do something like that, or do it in the way in which it's being done at Brighton, where with foundations like Albion in the community and a, and a group of people that look like they like each other, that fit, it feels like it's a group of players that have respect and it feels like a family and it's being done in the right way. I think you take that because this doesn't seem like a flash in the pan club whereby the investors walk away in 10 years because they're bored and they're onto the next sport or the next thing. This is the fact this is owned by a fan of the club and it's being done in the right way. And that's such a positive, positive thing for the football world.
2: Yeah. And and if, if clubs are trying to emulate that quite literally in, in Chelsea's case, um, then you know that you're doing something right. Um, uh, but that, I mean, that magic that Adam you're you're alluding to that <laughs> sounds almost cliche and a bit Disney, but you it can't be bought, can it really? That that's something that manifests by itself over a period of time and a period of nurturing. Um so I mean Josh, to your original point, I'm sure it is it's a little bit on the nose from Chelsea, isn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. So uh, I'm I'm sure there was thoughts, if not actual thoughts. Contact, but you know this club is something special. It's something special to all of us. But I think we we can just see it, and in, in the way that these players fight for each other, and just the community as well. That it's something that you can't buy.
0: Yeah, I saw Merrick Merrick UK and and Sam in the chat both said that Tony will not sell with utter utter confidence, uh, and I totally agree with you both. Actually, I think that if anything. Whatever that contact was that was made, because I'm convinced that may have been at least a, a like a precautionary phone call made. I'm sure at this point, like, there's too much just obvious desire at this point from that lad uh, at looking down the south coast at us. I, I mean, I suspect that that the door was shut pretty quickly uh, and even if the lad wanted to invest in the RV and I suspect Tony Bloom's terms and conditions were far too strict and ironclad, uh, to mess with. And I think he probably just immediately bounced off at that point. Uh, cause I think both Merritt and Sam are right. I think you guys are, right. I don't think Tony's going to sell anytime soon, if ever. Um, and I, I don't think he, I don't think he has any reason to, um,
1: yeah. mean, why would he, he's living the dream. He's yeah. living his own dream. Uh, why would you, what what check can someone write to you that, that makes you agree to that? Because what, is, what else is he going to do? All right, yeah. this is it.
0: Let's talk man of the match. Uh, I said to you, I said to you like in the chat earlier, like good luck picking one out uh, in specific here. It feels like just the answer is yes, uh, all of the above. Um, so who have you got here uh, for your man of the match at Goodison Park? Uh, after a 4-1 smashing
2: of Emerson? God, you let me go first on that one. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it's a yes all around. It's such a good team performance. Um, I said to you before, it feels like a a semi-easy choice for me as well because he is our go-to, but I think you see the difference with Kaiseido in this team than than without. Um, We were talking about how... I, th- I think good Billy Gilmore was against Arsenal um, but just the difference that he brings and he's absolutely everywhere um just does those little bits um just completely interrupts play breaks everything down is so good on the ball uh, it's, it's frightening how good that player is uh, at the age that he is as well um there's no there's no doubt well we're in for a, a month of noise um with with people wanting Caicedo for their team, et cetera. I just hope that we hold out until the summer of some massive big move um but enjoy him while we can because uh he's special
1: Josh why don't why don't you go? It's always one of us going first and second who do you think?
0: it's so hard, isn't it because i I mean he's the obvious one. I mean he leads the way on just about every stat that you want to see, I think. Uh, but I suppose the other stat that matters is, is goals. Um and Evan Ferguson was instrumental in both. And I think that if I'm gonna go with a different name, I think the low hanging fruit is the eighteen year old boy that just started away at Goodison and just looked like a grown ass man out there and beat shit out of four Everton defenders like they were nothing. Um scored a goal, got an assist and just housed his way around the pitch and looked like he was just a seasoned pro. Um, so I think I'm just going to go with him at just solely not to join the Caicedo bandwagon, uh, which is also really tempting for me because there was several times there, especially in that second half where like, I just had one of those like, Oh, ridiculous. And it was just a tackling mate, like a random one, but it was just so far above anything else you see on the pitch at times. It's, it's like watching Pesuma when he was just having a ball out there, but he's 21, not 25. So when you think what well, he's doing now, what he could be doing at that, oh, it's scary. It's really, really scary. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Evan Ferguson for me. Just goal assist, superb, just brilliant.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, those, those are the obvious ones. And I'll, I'll pile on the Caicedo. Part as well. Just I don't know if he can teleport, but it feels like he was on the far right side of a pitch, and then he's like over on the left side, and suddenly like taking out another player. And I, I genuinely, the engine that that guy's got on him to to just chug around for that all that time—it's just boundless. Um, such an asset, uh, and and. <laughs> there's too too many too many good things to say about him ferguson another amazing one we talked about how he basically made a couple of goals really uh and should have maybe had his second uh when he when he hit the post as well hit the bar i honorable mention to pascal gross i thought he was really good this game outside of his sprint his stroll to the goal uh and his chip but i've got a weird slightly weird one um and I'll, again i'm forgetting the last three minutes of the game I thought Estupinian was fantastic today. Really, really, really good. Um, played that cutting ball in to um, Sarmiento Miento that resulted in Ferguson's goal. He was also the one that freight trained his way through to smash the ball out. that ended up going to Adrish the Gay, which ended up creating the gross goal. So he had a very, very, very key part in two of the goals. Outside of the weird laps in concentration right at the end, he was really dependable,
2: really, 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 really good. Yeah, I well, we could go through the entire eleven or thirteen or fourteen at this rate, and we'll be here for the rest of the evening. But um, yeah, I th- his opinions obviously great. I think the link-up play that he has with Matoma on the left now is just oh yeah, insane. So that doesn't change for me at all. Um, so when you're talking about who comes in and who rotates they're two of the first people that I have on that left-hand side and that shouldn't change. Um, but yeah, it's all around just a stellar performance. I think the the last one, just the special one, probably for Levi Colwell at his age and um, just how composed he is, especially playing out the back today. It was a lot today. Um, but being able to do that with relative comfort and also the defensive effort that he made. I thought, I thought he was good. He's getting, he's getting better. Um, and it's impressive.
1: Hey, here's a question. I, I'm sorry, Josh, I didn't mean to talk over you, but Stephen's reminded no, me in the, in the YouTube chat here. If you, if you could trade right now, <laughs> uh, Eve Basuma and, and Kukare, you get them back, but you have to give away pinion and, and Kaiseido. Do you do it? Let's assume they're all paid the same. No. I think you did. do, do you? Which is, how mental is that? Our, our far and away two best players last year.
0: I will say, I do see them two different players too. Like, I, I would have Basuma back tomorrow. Like, I wouldn't, I would not want to look in Kukare's direction again. Hype job. Hype job. With stupid hair.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Imagine Basuma <laughs> and Kaisado. Being the pivots and Mac playing a little bit, and f- then Mac up, like, being able to yeah, play ten, yeah, yeah yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. And that's what you know what I mean. What like you'd take that one, yeah. yeah. You got a
2: glimpse of that, like what's the end of last season, wasn't it, with that Kiseido Basuma sort of duo, and we were like, yes, please, um, yeah. yeah. Now we've got now we've got a World Cup winner doing it instead.
0: Yeah, I think to just to pile on the Levi colwell train, I just I've not seen a centre-back pairing, looks so comfortable with a massive target man dealing with a massive target man, as I have Duncan Colwell since Duncan Duffy, really. Like, they just – it's the best I've seen us handle Calvert-Lewin for years or players like Calvert-Lewin for years. And I think Colwell takes a big part in that. Uh, His physicality at 19 – and I I have been a very vocal fan of his – I, but he looks he looks physically superior to Adam Webster at 19 years old, and I I love Webster and I think he's got plenty to offer when he comes back. Love him, nothing bad to say about him. But Cole will just looks the the superior specimen physically, doesn't he? Like he just looks so much stronger when he goes up against them. Uh, compared to... I was going to... Well, no, that's unfair. I was going to compare it to Haaland destroying Webster, but Haaland is also like the Terminator. So it's not very fair to to compare to that specific moment, is it?
1: Frustrating that Carl Will's the only one that Bowley can reliably sign uh, (laughs) for next year. But it's really... that sound. I, I I really like what I've seen out of Coldwell, but I'm still so salty from when we signed him without without a buy clause, um, because there was the expectation that there'd be a buy clause in there. And I think based on the the small sample size that you've seen up and up until this point, let's say the clause of 15-20 million, you'd go, absolutely, we'll take that. 19-year-old centre back that could start games in the Premier League and look good as a backup for an oft-injured Webster. Yeah, give me a, give me that guy. Um, and that's why it's like Potentially, you're going to go into, um, we talked about the, the transfer window. Do we need another central defender? Well, if was going to walk out the door in the summer and go back to Chelsea, then then yes, you probably
0: do. Yeah, uh, this week, you'll probably see a lot of nonsense on the interwebs uh, about transfer windows. Now, this, this kind of flurry of games post-Christmas have kind of wrapped up, really, aren't they? Um, so you're sure to see a bunch of it between now and FA Cup weekend. Um, so just keep calm don't worry too much about it uh you will uh you'll probably see a lot of absolute crap uh going on um but i think that it's it's a good question here uh just in the chat from Stephen before we kind of wrap up uh after listening about how burn is playing at newcastle in a way was he underrated uh, i think you'll, you've probably forgotten at the time that people were acting like Christ himself had died uh, when Byrne left. He was the most important player to ever play in a Brighton shirt I think according to some Um, but I think the curse is you just don't shit talk Brighton when you leave Uh, because Kukurea did it and look at the way he's gone. Potter did it. Look at the way that's gone down. Basuma didn't do it and he's not he's not come out of it looking any worse. It's not for him. You know, for me I don't think it's made him look bad. It's just more look like Spurs was a horrible fit more than it's made Bissouma look shit like the others have Mope said Everton was a massive step up barely got on the pitch today just don't say mean things step up
1: geographically maybe you meant
0: (laughs) Dan Byrne didn't say a bad word about us and look at him it's true it's the curse you don't shit talk Brighton and you can have a nice career but if you do it just the seagulls, like, are coming down and just pecking <laughs> on your roof and stuff. Like, you just don't want to do it because it's just spirit breaking for these players and coaches. It looks like.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. I don't think any, all of us. Just it was Dan Byrne was one of those ones where we all at the time basically just said that's a shame. We have got money for a guy that we probably wouldn't have got in a year or two once we ran the contract down. And at the time, we felt like we we're fairly decently placed, but. Yeah, as you said, glad to see he's doing well. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think he's needed back right now from a depth standpoint. Sure, but uh, there's, there's plenty of other. We'll, we'll just go back to the whatever else incredible scouting network does, and we're going to sign some random bloke from Albania to play centre back, and no one's going to have heard of him. And so we're going to sell him to Man U for sixty million in
2: a year,
0: and he'll be like twelve. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I mean yeah, all, all the power to him. You know what I mean? I think it was it was just uh a, a nice fit. I don't think we he was gonna get any significant game time with us, but yeah, it's fair play. I think he's he's doing he's doing well. He's at his boyhood club, like you can't really argue with
0: that. Yep. Yeah. I think that rounds us off, boys. Uh we'll be back for the FA Cup game this weekend, obviously, for the borough game. Uh and there's a lot less lot less riding on that one so so I'm not too worried about it uh, and then of course we'll be back for in the league at Brighton versus Liverpool on the 14th at the Amex uh, it should be real interesting that's probably going to be the full return of Caicedo and Alexis together um and the question there will be we're halfway through the transfer window what's happened uh, and is Ferguson lining up in the starting 11th that week um and then after that it gets a bit messy uh, because Leicester-Brighton is also the weekend that I'm moving back home uh, to the UK. So I don't know what the hell is going to be going on there. All I can guarantee is that we'll definitely have a podcast out after brighton Bournemouth. What happens between Liverpool uh, and Bournemouth, I, I can't make any promises. I would do my level best. Uh, even if the boys just record and I somehow find some random remote spot to like do the upload. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back for sure for two more Uh, between then and now for for borough and liverpool
1: awesome what a way to close it out before the fa cup uh cheers all for listening
0: and more power to you if you're going up to borough as well because i wouldn't want to yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right fellas have a good one happy new year everybody thanks
1: all happy new year